What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another Raw Roundup. I apologize for the SmackDown one not going out. I am still getting uh, used to recording these podcasts at home, and I messed up. The file was corrupted. My apologies. I'm going to try and keep these as a regular thing going forward, so that shouldn't have happened. That's my fault. I'm sorry, but we're going to do these regularly now, starting with this Raw Roundup. I hope you guys enjoyed the one that we did last week. I saw some really good reviews for it, uh, both on social media and in the reviews on iTunes, which I was really stoked uh, for the people that did that. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. I'm actually mad at myself right now that I don't have your name in front of me. Uh, I feel like such a jerk right now. Wait, I'm going to pull it up, and I realize this is not necessarily what you're supposed to do. I'm supposed to come prepared with these kinds of things. Uh, But I really want to give a special shout-out to this one guy. Oh, of course, in my garage I have bad service. It's going to take a second, but I promise you in a few minutes I'm going to call your name out for leaving that awesome review because I'm glad that you liked the Raw recap. But speaking of Raw, we've got an episode this week to talk about that started with Bianca Belair. Wait, wait, hold on a second. It's a podcast, so I'm allowed to do this. Uh, the recap, the review for the recap was written by JJB22560. Super nice of you to say the kind words that you said about the Raw recap. I read it. I appreciate it. Let's get into this week's Raw. Bianca Belair kicked off the show, and she uh, she revealed some pretty big news, and that's that Rhea, Rhea Ripley has not been cleared in time for their match at Money in the Bank. What a bummer. Uh, I'm a huge Rhea Ripley fan. Obviously, right now, she's getting this huge opportunity by being part of the Judgment Day. They're getting this big push on Raw. They've got this thing going with Edge. And because Rhea wasn't cleared, it seems like it kind of threw their creative plans out of whack a little bit because there was no Judgment Day on Monday Night Raw this week. So uh, that was kind of a bummer because they had been on a roll. They had momentum behind them. And now Rhea is sidelined with this injury. No details yet on what the injury is. Uh, So hopefully we get that in the coming days so we can know exactly how long she's going to be out of action. But hopefully it's nothing too serious and she can be back by SummerSlam. So because of that, Bianca Belair questions who will challenge for the Raw women's title instead. She's interrupted by Becky Lynch and all the other competitors who will wrestle for an opportunity in this show to wrestle for the opportunity at Money in the Bank to challenge her, Bianca Belair, for the title. Obviously, this you know has everyone coming out. We've got uh, Asuka, Alexa Bliss, Liv Morgan, Carmella, Becky Lynch, one by one on the mic, talking about you know just pumping themselves up on why they should be the one that's going to challenge Bianca for the title. And then we had a fatal five-way between the five of them. This was an entertaining match. I am currently writing my Raw Roundup article for Fox Sports app and website. And this was my match of the night. I thought it was very entertaining. And I thought that Carmella, who won the match, really came across as wanting to win. I liked how it felt important to everyone that was involved, but especially some of the ones who really need it, Liv and Carmella especially. I also feel like because of the fact that Carmella has been off of TV since WrestleMania, it makes her being the next challenger feel fresh. I didn't want it to go back to someone who had just challenged her for the title, you know, recently. You know, I know that that they've had interactions in the past, obviously, but still this feels a little bit more fresh because Carmella has been absent from TV. She also wasn't doing the face mask gimmick this time, and they were, you know, saying the Mella is money stuff. 
so I really, I, I hope that they're kind of going back towards that. I think that was where she was most successful. People really dug that. And obviously, if you've got, you got money in the bank, then, you know, Ms. Money in the Bank is the per- perfect person to challenge for the Raw women's title. Now, after that, we had um, Adam Pierce saying that Becky will face Asuka later in the show for, a, for another spot in Money in the Bank. We'll get to that later in the show. Uh, Vince McMahon then comes out, talks about the history of Monday Night Raw and promotes John Cena returning to the show next week. Almost falls while trying to get out of the ring. Not really sure what the point of this was, uh, but uh, it's very similar to what happened on SmackDown. Then we had a promo from Riddle. Riddle reacts to losing to Roman Reigns last week on SmackDown and says he let Randy down. I feel like in the overall storyline of Riddle and Randy Orton, the overall storyline of RK-Bro, I feel like this line is going to be important because we all have been waiting for it. Everyone's been waiting for when Randy Orton eventually turns on Riddle. It's Randy Orton we're talking about. He does not keep friends for very long, uh, at least on TV. And this friendship, this RK-Bro friendship, has lasted longer than like any other friendship he has had on TV. So I've been waiting for you know the thing that breaks them up. I thought it was going to be over the WWE title. That ended up not happening yet. But I feel like we're still getting towards that eventually. And so I think that, you know, with Randy gone, if Riddle said he was going to do something in his honor and then he wasn't able to do it, I would think the character of Randy Orton would be let down by that happening and could be the impetus for Randy actually turning on Riddle when he comes back. That's just my opinion. When I tweeted that tonight, I saw a lot of people reply saying that they think Riddle is going to be the one to eventually turn on Randy one day, and I just do not see that. I don't see why they would do that. Um, I think that Riddle is, has, you know, we talk about how wrestling fans love to say that, you know, there's not enough baby, say, baby faces right now, and I agree, there's not enough credible baby faces right now, but Riddle is for sure one of them, and we need younger baby faces right now who people can get behind, and the fans love getting behind Riddle right now, so... Um, and, and Randy Orton's one of the best heels of all time. So I don't think that you turn Riddle. You turn Randy Orton when the time comes. You give all that massive sympathy to Riddle, and he's off to the races uh, as a main event talent, which he's already slowly ascending to. We're going to get to that later as well. Now, uh, he teases winning money in the bank and cashing in on Roman to actually get revenge next time. But then he goes up against Omos in a money in the bank qualifying match, and loses so that old tease was a little pointless but it might not be um i'm gonna talk about that in the main event though my thoughts on that because i have it's it's kind of connected to what i think with uh this becky lynch storyline as well so after this match rollins comes out in a pink cheetah print suit he uh tosses riddle out of the ring says he doesn't share the ring with losers and uh then he cuts promo and he talks about uh he teases topping his famous wrestlemania heist and i i wrote this in my smackdown roundup article also available on the fox sports app and website which hopefully you are 
uh, hopefully you have the app. You should have the app. It's a very good app. If you, if you like sports, there's lots of good stuff in there. If you like wrestling, there's uh, tons of articles I'm writing every week. So uh, please download that app. But like I said in my article on the app, <laughs> that I'm starting to think that the plan might be Seth winning this year's men's money in the bank match and then cashing it in at SummerSlam during Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar in, a la- in their last man standing match. Uh, and having Seth win the undisputed universal title there uh, for a long time, I thought Roman wasn't going to lose the title. Uh, but with him kind of being on the shows a little bit less right now, I could see a scenario where, you know, Seth cashes in and pins Brock Lesnar. So Roman Reigns isn't pinned and you kind of leave that open. You at least have the show, uh, at least have a title holder on the shows regularly again. And this would technically be bigger than his WrestleMania heist because, it's for two titles now. It's not just one title. It's both the Raw and SmackDown title. Uh, and I just think that, yeah, I just think that this will, uh, you know, it, 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 in in the mind of Seth Rollins' character, this would catapult him to the next level again and bring him back to the top, I would imagine. So, um, yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking here. I'm thinking that the plan is going to be uh, topping the WrestleMania heist. Seth Rollins' WrestleMania heist. Uh, and recreating the past. Now, do I think that's a a good idea or a bad idea? I don't know. I'll have to let it play out and see what I think. I don't like to kind of judge things until they happen because I'm just making up uh, assumptions here based on my own thoughts. But um, personally, like I said before, I would like to. I like when Money in the Bank catapults someone who wasn't already in the main event into that level, just like it did for Seth Rollins when he cashed it in. So, uh, personally, I don't think that that the money the bank needs to be tied up in all of this, but I could see that storyline playing out. All right, that was a word from our advertiser. Sorry for the interruption there, but you got to pay the bills when you're on a podcast, so I uh, hope it wasn't too much of a distraction there. Let's get back into the show. Uh, Theory comes out next. He's on that bodybuilding stand. He's got that same microphone around his head. Uh, and he says that next week might be John Cena's 20-year anniversary celebration. But his time is up, and Theory's time is now. Well, this was the biggest indication that we're definitely going to get some interaction between Theory and John Cena next week. I think everyone assumed it was – it felt inevitable. But now, I mean, Theory is straight up calling John Cena out. So – uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens between the two of them. I think that uh, with Theory, you know, he said on my show last week that he basically modeled his entire life around Cena. So this is like, this is like the the thing that his entire career is building towards. So I think that when given the opportunity, uh, he's gonna make sure to make it count. So after that. He starts to do his pose down again from last week, but Lashley appears from behind uh, and sprays baby oil in his eyes to get revenge and then spears him off that little mini stage. He gets in the microphone, and he says the U.S. title will eventually be coming with him. You know, kind of like I said about the pose down itself, I, I don't dislike this. I think that it uh, it's at least something different. Uh, and It's not a contract signing. It's not... Uh, 
you know, talk show segment. It's something that's a little different, this whole bodybuilding thing. So I got no problem with it. And I think that all it does is add more heat to theory. It makes people dislike him more. There were way more boos coming from the audience and they felt authentic because they even uh, threw theory off a little bit for a second at the top. So, um, yeah, I'm, I, I don't have a problem with this. And I think that uh, Lashley and, and uh, theory are having a entertaining program for what it is. I'm wondering if John Cena and Lashley will intera- interact next week at all. Uh, I know they've got some history there, so I'm wondering what will happen. Okay, next there was Jay Uso versus Angelo Dawkins. Angelo wins with an awesome reversal where he stopped the top rope dive and countered it into a sky high. Um, not a lot to analyze here, but I did enjoy this match. I think that Angelo Dawkins is one of those underrated talents that deserves uh, a little more love from the wrestling audience. So, yeah, I uh, I quite enjoyed this one. I was uh, uh, Even though it was like you know just a short, quick one, I thought the two of them – had good chemistry together, and I think that both teams obviously have wrestled against each other, so they have they have good chemistry as well. But um, I'm wondering if the Street Profits take the tag titles uh, from I th- I think the Street Profits are going to be the one to take the tag titles from the Usos uh, once this is all said and done. All right, we're at the best part of the show. I couldn't I could <laughs> I couldn't talk about Jey Uso versus Dawkins anymore. I needed to get to the highlight of the show. Elias. Elias returned. I loved this so much. This this lived up to fans' expectations and gave us more. It was so much fun. If you didn't like this, you don't like fun. This wasn't meant to be some serious thing. It was supposed to be goofy, and, and that's exactly what it was, and it was so entertaining. Uh, uh, you know, they have the split screen, and, uh, you know, so that Elias is talking to Ezekiel. Elias has... <laughs> Fake beard, the fake beard on since he, he doesn't have it anymore. And he's talking about how he's a changed man and said that hearing the crowd cheer Ezekiel on completely changed his perspective. Um, just this whole conversation where you've got like chipper Ezekiel talking to his older brother who's giving him this like sage wisdom advice, uh, I thought was so much fun. And especially when he said like, oh, I said something like, I never thought like a young, happy-go-lucky guy like you could could to make it in a world like this, but you proved me wrong, and it was just great. It really just so it's such a unique way of changing someone's character, of making them their own brother, and it's uh, it's the way they're doing it is is just it's very entertaining. I I am loving it. It's my guilty pleasure right now. Then we had the Elias concert where he does you know Elias did his normal stick at the top it was nice to see him back in elias form but he's interrupted of course by kevin owens uh zeke and then you know he's kevin owens is freaking out like i know you guys you've been elias the whole time you're the same person what is this uh this is stupid and you know elias is arguing back with him and then uh ezekiel shows up on the titan tron uh, and tells owens to move on ko looks shocked Elias starts to sing a song about KO being a liar. Uh, KO attacks. Elias eventually gets the upper hand, breaks guitar over Kevin's back. Uh, Kevin walks to the back, angry, falls over himself into the backstage area. He's uh, he's talking about what's happened, and he, he, he challenges Ezekiel or Elias or their brother Elrod, whoever, to a match next week. And Ezekiel walks up as himself again 
to continue all these fun camera tricks uh, and accepts. I just, man, this was so cheesy, but this is like the kind of thing I watch wrestling for. It was just so cheesy and fun, and it was like the perfect blend of cheese and comedy and just, you know, just, you know, losing your suspension of disbelief and just, just getting lost in the fun, and, and they're really doing a good job of all of this, so um, I loved it. This was by far my favorite part of the entire show. I was cracking up uh, for, like, this whole 10 minutes. Just a chef's kiss on the return of Elias. All right, next we had Lashley in a gauntlet match for a U.S. title shot. First, he beats Chad Gable, and I really liked the moonsault from Chad Gable. It looked awesome. Uh, I know he does it a lot, but it just looked uh, so sweet when he did it against Lashley. Uh, then he Lashley defeats Otis, who also had a cool move here where he did this like rollout reversal into a clothesline and uh it looked really brutal i liked how he did it and then he defeats theory with this reversal of a town down where he like spins around and gets him in a cradle pinfall and you know a lot of times when you see a roll-up in wwe um it doesn't you're like why wouldn't the person have been able to kick out of that like that didn't even look that difficult you'd think your momentum is already right there but i liked with this one he had it clenched in so tight that cradle and he's such a strong man that you were like, oh, yeah, no, you would definitely not kick out of that. That would be impossible to kick out of. That man is too strong. So that was fun. I, uh, I, 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 I thought that was a very, uh, very uh, effective-looking finish to that match. Now Lashley gets a U.S. title shot at Money in the Bank. Then there was Miz TV with guest AJ Styles and Miz is calling out AJ Styles' failures as of late, saying, I'm not going to lie, I'm embarrassed for you. AJ hits him back, talking about his tiny balls, and and then he eventually punches Miz in the head, but he gets blindsided by Ciampa from behind, and after the break, we got a match, Ciampa versus AJ Styles. Styles wins with a phenomenal forearm and then stops an attack from Miz after and hits the Styles clash on him. Um, I'm wondering, even though Miz said there's no alliance between him and Ciampa, I'm wondering if we're going to get that anyway. I think they should, actually. I think that he's kind of, you know, Ciampa has seemingly, since being called up from NXT, has kind of just been, like, there without any direction. And I think making him muscle for the Miz might actually be the way to go for now just to kind of help him get his bearings you know and you know straight i think that it worked for madcap i think it worked for amos to have someone that they could anchor themselves to when they came up to the main roster or got a new push on the main roster so um i don't think it would hurt to put champa and the miz together uh we had a promo from veer and i liked that he said fear veer i'm fan i like that as his catchphrase. Uh, and lastly, we had Becky Lynch versus Asuka, Money in the Bank qualifier. Asuka wins. Becky continues to freak out afterwards, which brings me to my question that I held off earlier when I was talking about Riddle. And that's, I'm, I'm guessing there's going to be a last chance qualifier for Money in the Bank so that Riddle and Becky can be in it. Like Becky pointed out uh, herself, uh, she's on the posters, so I have a hard time believing she's not going to be in uh, on the show. I should say not in the show, on the show. I'm a writer, so I want to make sure I get that right. Uh, um, 
I, I have a hard time believing she's not going to be on the show, and she's too invested in this Money in the Bank storyline. So um, I, I'm assuming there's going to be last chance qualifiers for the final participants. Becky will get in, and you'd think that Riddle has to get in that way. I, if not, I am confused as to what's going on with Riddle because he is doing so well with every opportunity given to him. He's knocking it out of the park every chance that he is that he gets and with the stipulation that was added to the match on smackdown last week where he can't challenge roman reigns for the title again um it makes me wonder well then if he can't if he if he's not going to be one of the top guys if he can't challenge for the title like what's he going to be doing you know he's right now with no you know with no uh cody with no Randy, you know, they need a top babyface. And, and and Riddle is, in my opinion, the most obvious choice. The, the, the He connects with the crowd on another level. Uh, people are invested in his storylines. People want to see him succeed. Um, that's like the number one thing you want for one of your top babyfaces. So, to me, Riddle winning Money in the Bank makes all the sense in the world. Now, I know I said earlier that I think that Seth's going to win it. And that Seth's just going to cash in at SummerSlam, and we're going to get that again. But I just think the smart choice is to give it to Riddle, man. Like, Money in the Bank is a way to make a new guy rise to the top. And if Riddle could cash in on Roman and be the and be the guy who eventually takes the title off of Roman Reigns, I mean, we've said it, you know, for all 600 days or whatever it's been that Whoever does that now is going to be a made man if things are done right. So I think you should give that to Riddle. It makes all the, it's just like he's right there and people like him and he could be your next number one baby face if given the opportunity. All right, I'm done here. We have thoroughly recapped Raw, well, as thoroughly as I can do alone <laughs> without arguing someone else's points against them because you know I love doing that. But we're done here. So. Uh, in the meantime, until uh, until you've got another episode on Friday, make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast feed. If you just listen to this because I tweeted it, please subscribe to the podcast feed. You're going to get multiple shows a week here. You're going to get your regular out-of-character interview. So please, please, please subscribe to this podcast feed. And also m- make sure that uh, you leave a review if you can. Uh, I appreciate it. Like I just said, I read them. Just called out that guy for leaving that great review for the Raw recap last week. And if you leave a nice enough review for this show or for the SmackDown recap, maybe I will call you out as well. So I appreciate it very much. All right, that's it. I'm done. Officially tap for now. For now, until next time, I'm Ryan Satin, and this is the Out of Character podcast feed.